but again, I was not. I've only come around to the dead, say, in the last five or ten years. Really? Where I've really kind of gotten into it because mm-hmm. a lot of the music festivals we go to are dead oriented. Mm-hmm. And it was either jump on the bus because these are the kind of camping and festival events we're going to go to or just be miserable. <laughs> and I've, 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 I've embraced it. And I've seen all of the living dead, the dead remnants, all the different dead pieces in, in, in how they're assembled with John Mayer, without John Mayer, uh, with their side projects, all those things, cover bands, tribute bands. And I've, I've really come to appreciate it where I'll, I'll turn it on just to listen to. Mm-hmm. I, so, I've never liked them. I still don't. So I'm, I'm only saying that because I, you know, I would not have been particularly aware of the relevance of say having Bob Weir, Mm-hmm. Uh, play with the band, you know, and and you know, because the dead and the band used to be around and play a lot together. Yeah, you know, so I wasn't, you know, Bruce Hornsby, yes, Roger McGuinn, Rob Wasserman, I don't know who that is. I don't either. Um, Roger McGuinn, of course, was with the Birds, but Bob Weir, I didn't really know the significance of that. I wish I had. You know, I'd like to maybe go back and revisit what they played and how, what they did mm-hmm. uh, to see if I might remember it. Well, let me see here. <laughs> if I might remember it. I know they played the weight, of course. Yeah, I, you know what? I, I only know maybe three, three the band songs. But then on that South Stage, there was Primus and then Salt and Peppa. And I, I don't have a rot. I feel like I have a recollection of seeing Salt and Peppa. But but not Primus, which is odd because they're sandwiched in between the band. And maybe we were floating around or bobbing around a little bit. Maybe that's when it started raining and we, we might have freaked out a little bit. Maybe. Yeah, because I, I don't have... I'm, for some reason, I thought we might have saw the cranberries. I really would... L- like to think that I saw them. Mm-hmm. There's another one who's dead. Yeah, Doris. That's, that's sad. A sad story. What, did she, she kill herself? Eh. They don't know. Or? I think it's drugs, bathtub. Gotcha. So yeah, so we knew, regardless of what we did, and I think, because I, I don't think we saw. I don't think we watched melissa we might have went to the south stage during melissa etheridge knowing we had to get back for csn and then it was i mean once it was csn nine inch nails metallica aerosmith yeah, and we that was the end of we it that was, we were there the whole time yeah we weren't leaving and i know that relative to you know if we're if we're looking right at the main stage at that point where for rollins and joe cocker we were perched kind of to the back and to the left yeah we were about six thirty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For for the the last four bands, we were on the right side. Yep. And and maybe midway back, we weren't we weren't super far back from the stage. Far mm-hmm. enough. I mean, we weren't we weren't seeing facial expressions or anything. But we we were we were on that on that right side, and 
You know, there wasn't, you know, I go to festivals now and when you're in crowds like that, there's a ridiculous amount of movement, meaning people are unsettled mm-hmm. and there's always people wanting to get from one place to another yeah. and just kind of like rivers of people going through. Yeah. Very, very unsettling. I don't remember that for Woodstock. I remember that we ended up in an area with a group of people and that group of people more or less stayed together mm-hmm. for a couple hours without a lot of without a lot of movement. I remember there being certain rivers of people that would yeah. meander through and I remember your buddy saying uh <laughs> I remember him going I feel like I'm in a colon. <laughs> <laughs> Not like, the engineer, but the other yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds like something. I feel like say. I'm in a colon. <laughs> yeah, he fancied himself in like a like a journalist or author, and so that guy, I, I'd like to think I'd recognize him if he were in front of me, but uh-huh. uh, fairly nondescript fellow. He was. That guy was out for all of the experiences that he could have over the course of the couple days meaning most of us you and i the man with the van we stuck together Mm -hmm. meaning we moved together we didn't really get separated you know that that we were mainly sticking together where where nearly ran off three or four times and it was like he was a reporter and i remember him coming back and saying you wouldn't believe, you wouldn't believe what I just saw, you know? And he would, and this was, I remember distinctly after it rained, you know, it was kind of like the kid who starts and he's all, he's all buttoned up, you know, clean t-shirt, press shorts, sneakers, that kind of deal. And then he'd go out and then he'd come back and he would be branded with having um, a glow stick tiara (laughs) or a glow stick, halo and say oh my gosh down over in this section that's where the glow people live there's just they're down there they have thousands of glow sticks and look they gave me one i'm a member of the tribe now yeah it was like that and and then after he'd come back and he'd report back to us he'd disappear and then the one time he came back and said you aren't going to believe this out in this area over here and this was after well after it started raining he said, there's literally a group of mud people down there. <laughs> they're actually, they're, they're down in, in a swale and there's several inches of mud and they're just hanging out, living in it. And they're not trying to get out. They're not playing in it. They're just kind of sitting there. And he came back and he had, he had a, a, a mud cross or plus sign on his on his forehead again like you said like like he had been branded by the mud people he was accepted as one of them and he was out for all these experiences and he'd come back and he would report of what what he saw just almost almost like a journalist um so of the of the lot of us i thought that he might be the most likely one to to actually formally report out on what happened i Uh was i think we actually even told him at one point we're Hey, dude, we're counting on you to chronicle this because we're not gonna rec- we're not gonna remember any of this. You seem to have a pretty good handle on what's going on. 
take some fucking notes, right? Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know that he ever did. I don't even know where that guy is. Um, you know, did you I, lose track of him before college was out? Or that was the first time I met him. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, he oh, was gotcha. not one of my okay. buddies. That's what made me think we had someone else with us, but I don't. I don't think we did. He mm. he was a. I think he was a friend of the friend of the man with the van. Huh. You know, I don't think he, he was a close friend. There of the was man a mystery person van. that none of us. That He's one of, of these remember. guys who probably scored a ticket and found out we had a group going and said, "Hey, can you take me?" And of course, we weren't going to say no. Right. You, you wouldn't. You wouldn't refuse. So it was a little bit of a ragtag group coming together from mm-hmm. that standpoint. So Saturday night. Yeah. Which talk about a fucking murderer's row. CSN nails Metallica Aerosmith. So we we settled in it was sort of evening ish. It was late late afternoon, evening ish by the time CSN came on. And we wanted you know, we were there, we were ready for them. I think we were not that we weren't that far away. And we sat down and rem- one of my biggest memories of was the wooden ships <laughs> chant <laughs> that we've been chanting ever since. The guys, basically. the guys, the guys behind us were a couple, and they were hilarious. <laughs> yeah, the, the the rain had started. Yeah, we we stayed relatively dry, relatively clean. These guys were clean. They weren't muddy. Again, if you, if you chose to stay out of the mud, you really had to work to stay clean. They were clean, but they were they were in. Again, there wasn't a lot of movement, so there was the, the group of people around us. And they were behind us. And once CSN started started playing, what happened? They started ch- after every song. They started chanting, "Wooden ships, wooden ships, wooden ships." It was a little more staccato than that. And, and if you picture them clapping, it's almost like like it was praying hands with, oh. it, with their hands with their hands straight up in the air, going, "Wooden ships, wooden ships, wooden ships." And God damn it, they played it. Dude, listen to this. They did it after every song, and I people started catching on after a while. It was the 15th song that they played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> How long was their set? How many would they play? 17, 17 songs. songs. So yeah. it was all the way at the end, so which is hilarious. So these guys waited. They were patient. They, 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 they held out, but but they, they got the big payoff in the yeah. end. They got to hear Wooden Ships. That was great. What a, what a legendary... I mean, they've got classics all the way from top to bottom, basically anything you wanted to hear. And, of course, they ended with Woodstock. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing better would have been to have Joni Mitchell come out. Right. Was she dead at the time? She didn't make the first one. She's still alive. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's still alive. Cool. Yeah, that was a... And I, I think it happened then. There was one, another, one of, another one of the distinct memory I have is at one point... There was people throwing. They the, somebody just dumped water bottles up like up in front of the stage, and people just started throwing them backwards, <laughs> like you know, just blindly. I mean, hundreds of water bottles just being flung. And I remember, I remember, I saved your life basically. Yeah, I remember yeah. one. You, you did I was, a move. I was standing behind <laughs> you. And I saw this water bottle like fly to your head, and I like swim moved and knocked it out of the air. <laughs> so Joni Mitchell had—I will say this—Joni Mitchell had her her uh, her uh, what do you call her guy? Pop and shot. Pop a shot. Pop a shot. Yeah. Is that job and shots, brother? <laughs> that just came up this weekend, by the way. 
pop, pop and shot. So job and shot, I saw him at the Metallica show. And biggest regret was I didn't take a selfie with him in the hallway. Because <laughs> I need I should have documented that I was there there with him. So pop a shot. The Joni Mitchell moment there relative to softball tournaments was Joni Mitchell did not play the original Woodstock because her handlers were worried that she would not be able to get out of there Sunday night to make it to New York to be on the Dick Cavett show. <laughs> That's funny. Because <laughs> that was going to be her big break. Right. Not yeah. playing in front of a half a million people. It was the Dick Cavett show, which was the you know the biggest show at the, wow. at the time. So. <laughs> And and probably justifiably so. I mean, they're, I don't think they could have got in, in and out of there. So then after that, and talk about dichotomy. Then nails. Metallica came on. Oh no, I'm sorry, Nails. nails. Yeah, Nails. Nails is it's so well documented as being one of their best shows ever. Even though Trent thinks that it was dog shit, it didn't matter what they sounded like. Yeah, yeah. he crawled out of the mud. They 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 got into the mud like that was like a last minute d- decision where they went and just wrestled in the mud and then yeah. crawled out of the mud. I, I don't think it, you know Trent. I think for things like that could probably be accused of being a calculating and contrived and but I I really all the accounts of that are that it was it just happened. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it was they were pissed at each other backstage and just wrestling around and the next thing you know you know they're covered in mud and they're rolling around they were covered in yeah, mud yeah and I, I remember and then it started to dry yeah you know because that stage is hot i remember looking at that going watching them crawl onto the stage and going what the that's them holy shit how in the hell did they play i thought it was how the hell did they actually play i don't know yeah that that's nuts it's totally How could nice. you play a guitar when you're covered in mud? I have no idea. But that was a, that was another set of a lifetime for them. And that was that was probably, you know, 10 p.m. probably then, I would think. It yeah. was getting late. Yeah, everything got pushed and I think there was there might have been a rain delay. I think they had to stop. They had to stop the music at some point, didn't mm. they? Cuz I don't think they were probably scheduled to go till 3 or 4 in the morning. Right. But that's a little bit of an unknown to me. I feel like we might have made it back to camp at some point hmm. during Saturday. Oh, okay. I, I wouldn't, or I might have made that up. Well, no, you know, I think my memory seems like watching CSN was from a different angle than I watched Nails and Metallica, and mm. I think we were farther back for the last three. So we might have left CSN. I don't think we left then. Okay. I think it. I, I think it very well because there's some timing breaks that are unaccounted for right. earlier in the day. But I, I don't know for sure. Yeah. I'd like to have another. Other people were there. I'd like right. to have their opinion. Okay. I remember at certain points where they say, "Okay, forty-five minutes. We know it. Okay, we know it's coming through. Yeah, man. It wasn't like Woodstock '69 where they, you know, they, you they said had a hunker better, down. It yeah, was like more they had a like, roof on everything. It was more about." retreat to your campsite right go and another thing was they had the rotating stage so you didn't have to wait for them to set up because they they'd rotate it set up the next band and then it was almost like clockwork 
turn it the big thing turn it around boom you're it's going into point. the next one it's a good point mm-hmm. you know most major fest we go to now if it's a single stage there, there's a there's a break in between place we go down in columbus they they have two stages set up and they just they're ready to go on the other one hmm. and they're like two main stages oh okay um so how many how many times have you seen metallica yeah um we went we we did this a couple summers ago because when we when we saw him down in columbus i, I it's probably around 15 i it's something really? like it's or a dozen at least a dozen I okay think. yeah i'm probably in the four four or five range mm-hmm. maybe so where where does this where does this show rank yeah on on what you've seen it's 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 up there it, it probably is number one i'd say because of the venue or because of the set list or because of yeah because this was what year did the black album come out 91 92 so this is a couple years post black had they released what was after the black album load yeah but that didn't come out till like this was preload <laughs> preload and pre and pre-reload <laughs> right yeah because i think i think load might have came out in like 95 load was after year. the black album right yeah and i don't even know if they had toured i don't even know if they were on tour at this point but i'm looking at yeah so tell me why it's a top five show for for right from a metallica standpoint because mm-hmm. i you know i can't i don't have enough reference Every Metallica show I've seen is probably about equal. Mm-hmm. I thought seeing them, I mean, even seeing them on the last tour, it was good. It was a good show. It was great. I, yeah. I, I saw them, well, I guess it was a couple summers ago. I think it was about the same kind of show, mm-hmm. but it was just outside. Um, but this one, I mean, from top to bottom, if they, I mean, it, this is a very... Okay, first off, I think you have to you have to incorporate the venue into it. Mm-hmm. You have to incorporate the moment into it. And it was something I was looking forward to the whole time. Did the fact that Metallica was one of the headliners factor into the fact that you wanted to go at all or were down for huh. getting in the car and heading? I would I would say a huge factor, I'd think. Mm-hmm. At least you knew that. Because there was a lot of, I mean, they've always been my number one band, basically. And we knew they were going to be there. I knew I, I wanted to see it. We knew they were going to be on Saturday night. And they brought it. And they, they talk about a, any band that can really fill up the galaxy that was sitting, that was there that night. Was um, It was insane. and And go on after nails. Yeah. Oh, they didn't. They were not not phased. They were not phased whatsoever. They let they out of respect because Hetfield at least and maybe all of them grew up Aerosmith fans. They're like you guys can go on. You you guys can finish the night. That's fine. But we're going to go out there and we're going to lay it down and it, dude, I mean let's let's just list it. Bread fan, which is something they don't play all that often which rocks hard. Master of Puppets, they usually played second at along a, a lot of times during that time. And that was before they started playing the long version. They didn't play the second half of that song. They played the short version. Right. And then they... The, the, you know, I tell you, the long the long version of that song 
where it slows down and it kicks in. Mm -hmm. To me, from a hard rock standpoint, it, it's probably one of the best transitions mm -hmm. ever. I'd say Master Puppets for my money is one of the best songs ever made. Arguably the best one of the the best song ever. I'll put it up there with anything. I mean, I know there's a bunch of them that you could put up there. Mm -hmm. I'll put Master of Puppets as an absolute masterpiece. And the first time I ever saw him play the whole thing was at the Florida State Fairgrounds in like '98 when I was in Boston. And they have not played the short version since. Mm -hmm. So why would they? I mean, why they, would I yeah. know? They, I don't know why they wouldn't play the whole. And so they had to throw in black album songs, which I can, you know, if those songs are just they're popular, but whatever. So they went bread fan, master puppets, wherever I may roam, harvester of sorrow, which is another song they don't play all that often, which is a long song and it's heavy. Mm -hmm. Fade to black is one of their best. For whom the bell tolls right after that, another one of their best. Seek and destroy an another one of their classic. Um, they always cr get the crowd going for that one. I, I like this and on, on, on listing the set list. It says, including a jamming part featuring the Outlaw Torn. Nice. Yeah. Which which hadn't been released yet. So that was like a song they were working on. They threw in that jam. Well, Se Seek and Destroy is probably, again, a top 10, top 20 all-time song for crowd participation. Yeah. Yep. Just to get everyone fired up and yep. everyone everyone engaged. You've got every you can't not yell during that song. Right. Everyone who's in, in the arena or in the area. Yeah, it's a big no it's a big one. And then nothing else matters. I, I really don't like that song, but they always play it because it's just, it's really popular. Creeping Death, favorite song of all time. Whiplash, hard, fast, classic. Sad but true, they always play. Not that I don't need it, but they don't, who cares? And then one is their production, the big production number with the strobe lights and the you know the the black and white movie, whatever. That's always awesome. Probably my favorite. Okay, yeah, that's probably means... my favorite tune from just uh, just the whole idea of it. Yeah, you know, it's a whole it's a whole deal. It's a whole production. It is again. It's a concept and. Mm -hmm. The dub, Lars's double bass is amazing. Mm -hmm. the, the solo is amazing. The guitar tone's amazing. And then Enter Sandman will always be their biggest hit. It was always their biggest hit. So I'm, I'm thinking that they did, they did that, and then <laughs> that's how they finished it. And then at the end of that, they shot off, I mean, more fireworks at once than I'd ever seen. And nobody did anything like that that whole night. Off the top of that gigantic stage, mm -hmm. with at that one part of Enter Sandman, it was so, and he was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And it goes back and forth with the crowd. And it just goes, <laughs> the whole fucking top of the stage just... And they've done it in other, you know, like in arena shows, but never on that scale. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was... It lit so up do you, the whole so night. So do you think? Do you think Metallica? Do you think that the cost of that gets absorbed in the whole Woodstock production, saying, "Hey, if we're going to do this, I need 150 grand worth of fireworks to go off at the end of our set." Great question. Or, or, or are they just saying, "You know what? We're going to leave them something. To remember, that's coming out of our pocket." Yeah, don't know. I would yeah. imagine that they probably took it out of their pocket. Yeah, yeah. I, I have no idea though.
because no one was getting rich off these shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as much as as much as everyone was bitching about commercialization and worried that you know there's Pepsi and there's Dominoes here and well people have to eat. Right. You know, they're not going to eat. <laughs> I was not, okay with Pepsi and Dominoes. <laughs> they're not going to eat sh- they're not going to drink Shasta, yeah. you know. I mean, we're not going to we're not going to eat we're not going to scourge around for berries. Right. <laughs> it's like something, you know, and there wasn't enough of it, so. Yeah. It, so it, after that, they come out and play So What, which is just a what perverted, gross, awful, awesome song. It's I think it's on. I don't. Even, it's not on a, one of their out. It might be on Garage Days or something like that. Mm. It's a it's a very obscure thing, but it's it's really dirty. <laughs> but it's great. An odd thing to finish with. But yeah, I think that was like their post. It's a little fu. Dude. I'm gonna say they might have finished with Whiplash and did Sad but True one and then or Sandman as an encore and then did So What as a second encore. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Mm. So there, there, they, there, they leave us one thirty a.m., and we still got one more band. <laughs> yes, one of the biggest bands of all time, right? Who also doesn't give a fuck who just played, right? So there, I, I think one of the, it might have been on that double CD that came out. I think, I think Steven Tyler wrote something in the liner notes of that about that night, but I don't remember. So hey, oh yeah, by the way. You're not going to bed, are you, Woodstock? How about Aerosmith at 1.30 in the morning? And they came out and pff, they rocked, man. See, and they were they were they were on a crazy popularity surge with the uh, Alicia Silverstone videos and oh, yeah. crying and I mean they were they were riding a ridiculous resurgence wave at that point i mean yep. the hardcore fans always stuck with them mm-hmm. but when they had those three or four um mtv hits what crying crazy dude looks like a lady the, the, the right. whole i mean they had a their comeback like everything that happened after the walk this way with run dmc was right. like their second life right or whatever so this was this was a, a big you know resurgence for them so they were they were uh you know they were a huge a huge draw at that point yeah janie's got a gun loving an elevator that said i don't i don't remember a lot about their set i mean i don't i don't really i don't know i remember a lot more acts more than i remember Aerosmith. Yeah, I remember. It was late. It was I think everybody morning. was Spent. exhausted, but they still wanted to, right? You know, do it, and there were, everybody's wet, and you weren't going to be the one to leave, right? <laughs> but here, you know, according to my set list cheater here, they played twenty four songs. You know, they they, you know, after they played a full set, they come back out with. For an encore, a five sort a five song encore of Come Together, Dream On, Living on the Edge, Mother Popcorn, which is a James Brown song. Popcorn. And then walk this way. Yeah. I mean a a a, a legit five They played a full fucking yeah, concert. Yeah, they played a yeah, five song encore. That just left everyone completely destroyed yeah i mean it was uh exhausted muddy and we still had one more day to go did we shower <laughs> there were showers there were 
were there actually showers or were there just kind of water spigots around? I thought there were showers. Mm. There was water. Because I remember the there being, okay, maybe it was just one of those things like we drank out of in football, football practice. practice. <laughs> yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> grab a washcloth. I thought there was. Yeah. There were the troughs of water. Yeah. And plenty of bathrooms. Yeah, I don't really. Th- I'm going to say thankfully I've I've shut that out. I don't really remember the bathrooms. I, I think feel I might like have we, washed up once. I feel like we carried supplies with us hmm. from a bathroom standpoint. I think we knew enough to prepare ourselves there. So we slept that night. Yeah, which I also don't remember. I don't really remember sleeping at the camp. I remember being sardine canned in there and just not caring and everybody just sleeping for a little bit and waking up early. And really just not, none of us really moving. Was it hot? It was really hot when that, it wasn't raining. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember. I'm, I, I had a overall, jeans overalls on the whole time, I'm pretty sure. But uh, I'd like to finish the discussion. Yeah, so... We'll call that. This might be a two-parter already. Yeah, yeah. And then, Champ, thanks for making your debut in the in the sausage hut. You're one of my oldest and best friends. It's great to talk with you. Felt good. Felt good. Yeah. And uh, what are you playing us out with? Yeah, let's see. There we go. So, Champ, great seeing you. Thanks for coming, man. We're gonna we're gonna finish this off. We got us through. We got us to Woodstock. We got us through Friday night. We got us through Saturday night. Now you're going to have to come back, and we'll finish it off. And in the meantime, I'm going to look and see if I can find any more pictures. I will do the same. I've got memorabilia okay. somewhere. We'll, we'll come back, and then we will finish it off and get Fantastic. us get us home. Fantastic. So we've got, we've got you and the, the Chili Peppers, I think, might have been your number one yeah. at the time. Right, I ju- right up there. Did, have, you seen, have you seen Funky Monk's? The the documentary about the Chili Peppers um, There's a recording doc- Blood Sugar Sex Magic. The the coolest part of that, for my money, because they recorded in a mansion out yeah. in the Hollywood Hills somewhere. Yeah. The coolest part of that is when they recorded Breaking the Girl. Yeah. And they had all sorts of sheets of metal yeah. hanging up, and it was... It was Flea and Chad Smith and them all doing percussion. Yeah. But it's all isolated and you hear them just banging on the metal. And now when you hear that song, all you hear, you see them banging on the metal and making these phenomenal sounds. Yeah. Very cool. It was. Very cool. Very cool. It was great. I had a I, I had a rekindled my appreciation. I watched that like I don't know two months ago. Nice first for the first time. All right, we'll see you next time. I'm out with Champ in the sausage hut. <laughs> <laughs>